0: Well, why I'm running. I, I've, I was born and raised here. I grew up here. I came back after college to to start my life with my wife, who also grew up here. And uh, we're building our home. And I've worked in the community ever since I came back from college. And it seemed to me like this was a really good way to get involved, um, make a positive difference for the county that I love and that I grew up in and that I want to build my life in. And when I looked at what had been going on over the last four years, especially from my position where I was looking at it from, we saw a lot of discord, a lot of anger, a lot of animosity between people that should be working for the betterment of everybody in this community, and I just didn't see that happening. When we fully decided, okay, now we're gonna build the house, we're fully committed, we're invested in this area, this is where we wanna be long-term, I decided at that point that it was time for for somebody to step up and to try to make a positive difference for the community at the county level we have a lot of good representatives in this county from town supervisors obviously our state our federal elected officials but i just wanted to make sure that the people's voice at the county level was also being heard and that somebody was in power there who was able to bridge some of the gaps that we see in terms of especially health care coverage the care center the situation there obviously is really really horrible for the people that are there I'm making sure that we're addressing the opioid crisis effectively. That's really important. I'm sure we all know people and we've all lost friends to the opioid epidemic here. And it's something that I think really needs to be addressed and really focused on a little more. And that and the housing situation was another big reason that I wanted to jump into the ring here and try to address it. I really feel it has to be made a priority. And obviously we'll get into that, I think probably in a little more depth as we go on here and my own personal experience with that and some of the other ones that I've heard from people calling into our office from around the county. But there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed. And and I think they're really critical to the future of this county. And being that myself, my wife, my family are so invested in the community, I wanted to be able to actively address these kinds of issues that are going to be affecting people for the next 10, 20 years here and try to build a stronger, more resilient community coming out the other side. Now, you mentioned that you're not a stranger to the county. You mentioned people calling into your office. So you are uh, currently the aide for Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther, right? That's that's correct. Yeah, Aileen, Aileen is a fantastic representative. Everybody knows her. You go out when anybody sees her around. Everybody knows her. Everybody knows that if they're having a problem, talk to her. And she's going to, even if we don't know the answer, we're going to find it for you. And we're going to do our best to help you out. And... That's a mentality that I really enjoyed working for. Every day is different there, but it's something that I really took to heart in that she really genuinely cares about the people here. And it's something that, again, I wanted to bring to the county level, right? You want to make sure that the people you elect to represent you really do care deeply about the issues that are affecting you, the issues that you see every day as you drive down Main Street or as you as you take a look around in the healthcare landscape and access to care and things like that. She's been a great mentor to me. She's taught me a lot of how to be a good representative, I think, and it's something I really want to bring to the county level.
1: You mentioned healthcare and... Rural healthcare access is really a critical thing here. You mentioned the adult care center, what's happening in the past couple of years with it. So what initiative do you think you can p- propose to ensure that the residents in remote areas in Sullivan County, because Sullivan County is big. What can you do to ensure that residents in remote areas of the county have access to
0: quality healthcare? Absolutely. First and foremost, we need to expand our transportation options in the county, right? We can have all the healthcare facilities right along the 17 corridor we want. But if you can't get there, they're, they're not going to do you a whole lot of good. Making sure that we address the transportation situation, we have the move Sullivan bus, which is a good start, but it doesn't hit a lot of those really more western parts of the county, and that's something I'd really like to work with our state federal representatives to try to get some money into the county. It doesn't have to be our just our county taxpayer money. That's part of what you know I've seen. I've seen it work in other places. we work well uh, with. Orange County with the city of Middletown through Aileen's office and other offices that I've worked in in the past as I worked for Congress as well. There's federal and state dollars to be had. And if if we don't go after them and we don't get them, they're gonna go somewhere else. And that ends up costing us on the back end because then we're saddled with the full tax burden of paying for the services we know we need. So that's something I really want to be able to do is, is help leverage some of the connections that I've been able to make and some of the experience that I have working with other levels of government other sides of the aisle and and just make sure that we're bringing in all the potential resources that we can so that you and me aren't the ones paying the full burden on everything. But that's just the transportation aspect, right? We need to make sure that we're protecting the assets that we have here. That includes Garnet Health Cat Skills, right? I was talking to Mike Sakel the other day, and they were saying that Garnet had recommended that any cardiac-related issues get transported all the way down to Middletown. Now, if you're in Roscoe, say, that's a long ride if you're having a cardiac issue. And I've done I don't know how many uh a and everything else, yeah. and the community has made a significant investment in making sure that we have these services here. I think we need a county legislature that respects the investments that have been made by the taxpayers here and the need for those services here. I'm sure they've had conversations with Garnet about this, and uh, I, I I hope to do the same. But it's just about making sure that what we fought so hard to bring to this community stays here and that we all have access to it, right? We need to have those satellite offices in places like Jeffersonville and places I know they have the, the hospital on 97 there, but more along that river corridor there where we have so many visitors coming up every year. And unfortunately we have a lot of issues, um, injuries, and you got a big river there. A lot of people unfortunately um, don't wear their life vests. It's not even just the day-to-day healthcare, right? But you have so many people coming up in the summer that we need greater access. And it's something I really wanna prioritize. And again, with the adult care center, right? It's really unfortunate uh, for a lot of our neighbors that are still there right now. It, it, the, the level of care there plunged dramatically because of certain decisions made by the current county legislature. I think we need to t- regain control of that. I, I think the time has come that the, the residents there have suffered enough and it's time to reassess and take back control and in the meantime, provide the care that they expected and that everybody should expect for the investment that they made in that facility. Tourism is big here in Sullivan County. We are
1: the home of Woodstock. How do you plan to boost tourism while addressing the concerns some
0: residents have who may be impacted by the increased visitor traffic? Obviously, it's no secret our bread and butter here in the Catskills is tourism. The sales tax revenues have been really skyrocketing as we've seen more and more people come up, spend their money here. That's what we've always wanted, right? And you look back to the heyday of the hotels here and that's what really kept the lights on in this county for for a long time, right? But We also saw when those left that there was really a hole in this community, and and for a long time that was a major drain. Just the loss of that, loss of that revenue, the loss of those jobs was really detrimental to the health of our community. We can't put all our eggs in one basket. We really need to make sure that we have a diverse uh, economic development picture, and and I want to work to do that. doesn't mean putting projects where they don't belong it doesn't that's it's making sure that you work with the communities in question to find the projects that are going to bring the jobs that they want the type of industries that they want to their town and again this gets done at a local level really but it, if if the county planning department say could help with some of the the planning aspects of, of new projects and new jobs that are going to be coming into our community then i think that's something the county should be offering But again, this question was about tourism, right? Not economic development. So (laughs) we'll get back into this. So in terms of tourism, we have a really, we're lucky to have a fantastic person in Roberta Byron Lockwood to, she just won tourism professional of the year. So congrats, Roberta. But she's really done a great job. It's no accident that we've seen the type of influx that we have. There's plenty of options for people to go to. There's a reason that people have come here and that's because of the hard work that her and her team have done. I think we need to continue to invest in promotion for our area. That's a huge aspect of what we need to do. It means fully funding the efforts that are made by Roberta and others in the county to put on events to bring people up here to advertise in places like Brooklyn, which I know they've been doing that are bringing those people up here. But You know, what strikes me about the other side of the coin, right, and I'm going to bring this back to my own experience here, right, with housing, because you have all these people coming up here. They love it, and it's great, and we want to encourage them to come up here and and really revitalize our area and be residents and be invested in our community. But at the same time, we're seeing the cost of living go way up here. It's really crazy to the point where, you know, a lot of the jobs aren't paying enough for people to be able to afford things like rent, let alone Going out and checking out the new restaurant that just opened or just meeting day-to-day needs. And a big part of that, like I said, is rent, housing, those kinds of costs. And I guess if you don't mind, I'll get into a little bit sure, about yeah, what happened with myself. When I came back from college, uh, my wife and I were able to rent a house in Bethel, uh, which is why we fell in love with that part of the county originally, obviously, having come from Liberty. But we were able to rent a house there. We were able to get our feet planted in a place for enough time. And we had two incomes, so we felt like we were in a stable situation. We had been looking for the opportunity to buy a home. But post-COVID, if I say it tripled, I'm probably underselling it, the housing prices. That sort of eliminated that as an option for us. And then just in January of this year, we lost the lease on our place. We looked around, we said, we have two pretty good jobs. We, we could, I'm sure, make something work. And we could not find a single place that was affordable enough for us to really effectively live in and a place that we felt safe in or anything like that. And this is coming from two people who are working and trying to come back and Trying to do good things for our community, and and it was just it was really difficult. The only way we were able to figure it out was generosity, really, from uh, a family friend. But not everybody's able to do that. And like I said, I know I referenced it before, but we get calls in Aileen's office every day, every day, from people who the rent somebody bought their place, the rent's up now, two hundred dollars this month. How are they going to make ends meet? They can't. And what can we tell them? There's nowhere else to go. The waiting list for apartments are years long in some cases. The rents themselves are crazy high. And the cost of living issue is something that I think hasn't been prioritized really by the legislature. Coming from somebody who's experienced it themselves, I think I could do a good job of advocating for people in this county that are in the same situation as me. If you're a young person that wants to come back and wants to contribute, we should be encouraging that and and making sure that's a, a possibility. And it's just not something that I've seen been having initiative been taken By the county legislature. And I think that's something I would really like to prioritize. We need to increase the stock of housing for working people. It just it has to happen. There's not enough people here to fill the jobs that we already have. And there's nowhere for them to live if they wanted to fill those positions. It's a really big issue. And if we don't address it now, it's only going to get worse. And it's going to really hinder the growth of our county for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Sullivan County currently has one of the highest
1: opioid overdose rates in the state, excluding New York City. Do you believe the county is currently taking enough action to address this issue? And what additional measures do you believe can be implemented and how you plan to contribute to uh, a positive change in this regard?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So unfortunately, I certainly don't think enough is being done right now. The numbers speak for themselves here. Our opioid overdose death rate is obviously, like you said, the highest in the state outside of the city. That's not something you want to be number one in. We want to be number one in tourism, in in environmental protection, in making sure that we want to be number one in economic development, whatever it is. You don't want to be number one in this. So is enough being done? I don't think so. No. Especially with the opioid settlement funds that came into the county being sat on for over a year in some cases for some of the programming that would help with addiction, with treatment, with housing of people that are coming out of treatment. And that – Something that I see every day, I sit on the task force, the drug task force I have for uh, three years now, and we discuss a lot of different things that, that could help. My pillar that I have been on is the legislative pillar. So we discuss different legislative priorities that Aileen can put in and, and try to help. and. We get our best ideas, and this is universal, Of I believe, and the way any government body should work. You get your best ideas from the people who are in the trenches every day, right? right? So what our pillar has really been able to do is hear from the people on the ground that are experiencing the problems and say, we need a law to fix this. This is the only way we're going to get change here. And then taking action on that. Just in the last year, Aileen introduced a bill to to ban pill presses, at-home pill presses, which is uh, something that a lot of the illicit drugs are now being made with. We've looked at a couple of different pieces of legislation as well, but another one uh, was the infant care centers. Uh, so in Sullivan County, we have the highest rate of babies born addicted in the state, and it's like astronomical. It's not even close to any other area. It's really a, a major issue. So Aileen, just in this last session, and as some of the work that we've done as part of the the policy pillar of the Drug Task Force, we passed a bill to create four infant care centers in New York State. One of which we're gonna we're gonna work to get here, hopefully, once the governor signs it. But this is just some of the. And I don't want to harp too much on on the work that we've done in Aileen's office because that's her, that's okay. not me. But these are things that we look into through this Drug Task Force. And one of the other things that we do, obviously, is recommend how the money that we get in from the settlement should be spent. And we submitted that. And unfortunately, it wasn't acted on for a few months, and, and in some cases, some of the programs hadn't been paid uh, for work that had already been uh, provided uh, mm-hmm. for over a year. Whether it's a, a lack of knowledge of what was going on there, or whatever it might be, that's that's unacceptable. We really, with the situation that we're in here, we really need to do better for our residents. I think, and it's not just about spending money, but it's about prioritizing what we're spending money on. So the county pays to house people that are coming out of treatment, or whatever it might be. If they don't have housing, they're put in emergency housing. And, and those are the people that are put in these motels that we all see around, mostly in Monticello and Liberty. And they're really tough situations, especially for people who are trying to recover from drug use. They're targeted in these places. And, and our county taxpayer dollars are going to these places that really are, are in such bad shape. Obviously, we, we lost the child Unfortunately, in the nights in uh, earlier this year, and that that's a, a sign of an issue systemically within our county government in the way that we uh, treat people who need our help and the way that we treat our own residents. Really sad thing, and it's something that I'd like to address. We need to make sure that we're investing in proper housing for everybody, not just the working people too, but the people who need our help. Otherwise, we're never gonna we're never gonna make a dent in this if we don't if we don't prioritize people first and making sure that they get well and that they have the resources to be able to do. So there's a lot of different ways we can do that, obviously, but working with state and federal and partners as well. And that's one of the big things, obviously, the height of designation that came through through the great work of Wendy Brown, I will shout out, as well as Megan Galligan and our current DA. But that just shows you, right, you're looking at cooperation there from the local, the state and the federal level to bring resources in to try to address that. We need more of that. And that's something that I want to bring to the table as a legislator.
1: In recent years, there's been a noticeable increase in, in public disagreements and infighting among the members of the Sullivan County legislature. As you look to the future, what steps do you intend to take
0: to address this issue and foster better cooperation among your fellow legislatures? If, if we can't even work with each other, it's going to be tough to to work with anybody else. And the, the there certainly has been a lot of strife and a lot of back and forth and a lot of argument within the legislative body itself. It's really, it's no way to run an operation. It's unacceptable. I think Sometimes people forget that they represent people. It's not about them and their personalities and, and whatever negative interactions they might be having with their coworkers, right? You still have a job to get done at the end of the day, like anywhere else. It's it's a job. What would I do to change the narrative? I've always worked with other people, right? I, I started out uh, working for a Republican uh, congressional representative and working here in Sullivan County for him. I obviously moved on then to Aileen's office and, and worked with every. Just about every legislator in the county and every town supervisor in the county. Doesn't matter to me, party, personality, whatever. If it's going to help the people of Sullivan County, that's what I want to do. And I've always made that a priority throughout my life, whether it was working in government, whether it was on the school baseball team or whatever it might have been. Working together is the only way that we get anywhere. And we can call it strife or whatever, but my opponent was found guilty of defaming Another legislator. That kind of behavior should not be tolerated, period. And it's just really sad that this is where our county government has come to. And it makes us really, when we're looked at from a statewide perspective, a laughingstock. And it harms investment, too, in our community, right? Uh, What business is going to want to take a look at what's going on at a county legislative level and say, this is where I want to invest for the next 10, 15, 20 years? It's just... It's really sad that this is where it's come and that this is where it's gotten to. But I'm fully prepared to work with any elected officials, any of my colleagues, any of my state and federal representatives. I just want to get things done and make sure that we're getting the resources that we need to take care of the people in our community. And that's what's most important.
1: So, you, like I said, you mentioned your opponent, you're running against Rob Doherty, who's uh, currently the chairman on the legislature. Mm-hmm. So, why should
0: folks vote for you over your opponent? I'm very experienced for my age. I I understand I'm a younger guy, but I've worked in government and politics longer than my opponent. I've worked at every single level from the state to the federal to the local level. I've worked with both sides uh, actively, and I know the ins and outs of government. And that's been a benefit that I've been able to glean from my time with both Congressman Faso and Aileen. But it's something that I think needs to be really pushed at a county level, especially because we are such a poor county. We need all the assets that we can get and all the all the cooperation that we can get to try to bring those resources here, because if not, they're going somewhere else and, and we miss out. And that's been the case for a number of years here, but it doesn't have to be this way, right? We can do better for people and we can do it by making sure that we're civil, making sure that we listen to the people that we're representing and legislate from the ground up, not the top down. That's so important. There's Nobody knows everything, right? We need to make sure that we're listening to experts in the field when we're making decisions. And also that we can admit when we're wrong and and pivot and make the right decision, even if the first choice that we made wasn't the right one. And the care center springs to mind with that. But Be that as it may, I'm here because I care about the people of Sullivan County, and I want to address the three main issues that we talked about here. Number one is healthcare, access, making sure that we're protecting our investments in our local healthcare institutions that we've made as taxpayers over the last 30 plus years. and That means in Garnet Health, that means in the care center, and making sure that we take care of people. That's our number one asset. We haven't done it. We need to do it, and we'll never change our healthcare rankings or anything else until we acknowledge that fact and we move forward. So that's number one. Number two for me is housing. Uh, Again, I've obviously explained my own story. That's not unique. That's so many people in this county. As I go around and as I talk to people and as I meet people, that's It's a huge thing on people's minds. And it's unfortunately going to continue as the cost of living continues to go up and prices continue to go up, rents continue to go up. We need to make sure that we have places for people who are living and working in our community that they can afford. Otherwise, our community is going nowhere. So that's another very important thing to me. And then lastly, like we just talked about, working together and cooperation. That's I can't express how important that is in government, right? The whole process by which we set up our government is designed on working together, compromising, and making sure that you're getting ideas directly from the people you're elected to represent. That's exactly how it should work, and that's exactly what we haven't seen over the last few years. So these are a few areas that I think I specifically can work to address, and I'm – in a good position to do. I think that that alone distinguishes me from my opponent. And I'd, I'd really like to be the representative here. And I'd like to continue to work for the betterment of our community here.
1: We we're talking to Matt
0: McPhillips, who's running for District 1, Let's Thank you so much for joining us on the program.
1: <laughs> Any time, Patricia, Thank you so much.